will not. You're moving it. It's spelling something. This is too weird. Go ahead. Ask another. Ask another. Hello everyone and uh, welcome to Down the Rabbit Hole. Um, this week you're, you got me, you got Brandon again. So once again you got me alone, uh, no big D. Uh, it is Wednesday so normally this would be me alone but it's always weird to have two of me alone in a row because you just got me on Sunday too. Um, this episode, as you know, I like to do the, the, the fun and go down weird historical things because well they fascinate me and, and I love talking about them. Um, this time I decided... Um, I want to go down the Ouija. I want to talk about Ouija, 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 whichever. Mainly, only honestly, this came up because me and Beej, um, for those that don't know, that's my son, um, who I do the love, love and hate radio with. Um, we argue constantly on whether it's Ouija or Ouija. So we were arguing about it one day, and I'm like, well, you know, I kind of want to go down this. I want to talk about where the whole idea of this came from, um, and see kind of what it all means and um this was definitely one that was interesting i went down and i didn't expect it to be that interesting really i mean i i kind of expected it to be interesting but not like it ended up being um there's a lot more to this than i thought there would be um one is the fact that Ouija or Ouija um is actually a brand name it's kind of like you know coke kleenex band-aids or to, you know, soda, tissues, and adhesive bandages. Really, they're not the actual, they're a brand name of that type of product. And that's what the Ouija board is. It's actually a brand name for um, what they are. Uh, there's different names for them. So a couple of them um, to come up with that we'll go through as we're, we're talking about this. Um, but we'll, we'll talk about, you know, the, the dark history kind of of where these come from. And the, the, the weird part about this is, is when you really go down the history of the Ouija board, it's really hard to narrow everything down. There's a lot of arguments on where a lot of the, the Ouija part came from. The talking board... Um, can really be traced back to the origins of that, can be traced all the way back to, you know, uh, Plato. Um, there, there's records of Plato, um, no, not Plato, but sorry, Pythagoras. Pythagoras, Plato, Pythagoras, whatever, same people, shut up. Actually, I think Pythagoras was one of Plato's students. Or was it the other way around? I don't know. I don't know. It's one of those things. But way back to Pythagoras, who would actually take a table and draw out letters and, and, and symbols on the floor. And then they would touch the table and slide the table around the room and spell things out. Um, so it goes back a ways. Um, a Wait, long ways. Wasn't Pythagoras the math guy? Yeah. If you actually go back and really go down to Pythagoras, Plato, all of them, they all had different things, math, philosophy, everything. So, hmm. But yeah, he came up with the Pythagorean theorem of A squared equals B, A squared plus B squared equals C squared, where uh, C squared is the hypotenuse of a right triangle, I believe. So, yeah, so 
Yeah, he's a, there's some interesting ones. I wouldn't mind talking about them someday. The, some of those 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 types of people and their beliefs and everything else. So, um, but yeah, so yeah, you can go all like the way love back. Of little boys, they did love little boys. Yes, they did. But but that was unfortunately an okay thing morally back then. It shouldn't have been, but it was. Um, but, and speaking of that, actually, you know, not to really kind of segue into this, but things that are okay then that really aren't now, really talking boards, um, they were mainstream. They weren't what we think of now. Um, they were, you know, okay in the Christian belief and Catholic belief. There was nothing wrong with these. They were not demonized like the Ouija board is now until more recently. Um, really, that demonization of them didn't come down until the, you know, the, the 80s, probably, you know, during the Satanic Panic. Um, the, we played a commercial at the beginning of this. That audio is from an actual commercial that Parker Brothers played on TV. Um for, for an advertisement for the Ouija board. So we'll go down that, that history of it here in a bit. So you're familiar with it. We all know what the Ouija board is. For those that don't know, um, it's basically a board that'll say Ouija user across the top. Then I'll have, you know, all the letters of the alphabet, you know, the, the, it's a square board. It'll have a yes in the left corner, no in the right top corner. Then the, the all the letters of the alphabet across the board, and then underneath those will usually be you know numbers one through nine, and then zero, and then on the very bottom goodbye. And then you'd have the planchette, which is usually you know kind of a, a, a I don't know a heart shaped thing that you would use to point out the letters. And you'd, that would be what slide across the board. And that's what the planchette is. Which we'll go around and actually talk about the planchette. That the planchette actually existed before the board did. So they, they weren't mutually exclusive to each other. The planchette was first. So, um, Ouija board, you know, it's one of those things a lot of people don't realize. Like the movie The Exorcist is another thing that actually made it demonized. The Ouija board. Because a lot of people don't realize the beginning of... The, the Exorcist and the book that The Exorcist is based off of, The Exorcist is actually based off what's considered to be a possible true story where a kid was using a Ouija board and that Ouija board is what helped him become possessed. A 12-year-old boy gets possessed by a demon. There was a book written about that and then that book was turned into The Exorcist and then they changed the main character from a boy to a girl. And um, yeah, so um, there's some basis of possible truth to that or truth telling in a sense um but that whole thing came from him playing on the ouija board supposedly and that kind of you know is one of the things that started demonizing the ouija board but up until that point it was used all by a lot of people um so kind of the 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 history of this comes down to the after the civil war um there was a lot of spiritualism that exploded in america because a lot of people after there was so much death of Americans and soldiers and stuff like that. People wanted to get closure and they wanted to talk to their dead relatives. So um, there was a massive desire to contact the dead. And mediums began, you know, really coming out of nowhere and marketing their services to be able to talk 
to them. You know, everyone lost a father, a son, an uncle, a grandfather, a cousin. Uh, death touched everybody in a way that had never happened in the U.S. So many families had to grapple the bodies of their loved ones, never being recovered. And spiritual devices like the Ouija board answered questions that no one else could. They gave people peace of mind because they couldn't get answers any other way. So that was kind of the thing, you know, that a lot of people didn't realize was it became a very popular thing. In fact, the the rise and sale, the rise and fall of sales of the Ouija board and things of that nature really coincide with wars. So yeah, as wars, as famines, um, nineteen seventeen about nineteen twenty was great for sales for the Ouija board because of the nineteen eighteen Spanish flu and World War One. So, yeah, you know, like I mentioned earlier, like Band-Aids, Kleenex, uh, the trademark name Ouija is now generally used for all talking boards. But the name was originally coined by Helen Peters, a medium whose brother-in-law, Elijah Bond, was one of the, the people that started the original company that, that started Ouija. Um, the, the story is that they asked the board... What they want, what did it want it to be called? And it's spelled out Ouija, O U I J A. There has been a lot of reports, but none that have been substantiated. And this report, actually, by all the people who started the company, is the story that all of them agree upon that they were sitting in a boarding house, they were using the board and asked the board what it wanted to be called. And it's spelled out O U I J A. Um, when they asked, what does that mean? Cause it was a word nobody had ever heard before the board came back and said, good luck. Some people say that it was supposedly meant good luck in Egyptian, but people, many researchers have gone back to find out that that is not true. It does not mean good luck in Egyptian. Um, the other one is a lot of people believe that it is the combination of the French words for yes and the German word for yes. We oui and yeah. But, once again, nothing that can substantiate that. That's why a lot of people call it the Yes Yes Board. Because that's what they think, that it's the we and the ya from uh, German and French. So, um, But nothing substantiates that. The only one that's actually been substantiated by the people who actually started the company is that uh, Helen Peters, the, the sister-in-law of Elijah Bond, sat down and spelled it out. Um. And the building where they, they named the board is now a 7-Eleven. Which has a plaque commemorating the event. So it's a 7-Eleven, but there's a plaque on the wall that says it happened. So Peter got the first patent on the Ouija board, but the business was soon taken over by the American entrepreneur, William Fold. Which, it's one of those things, there's a lot of things that have really happened a lot in the beginning here. And the, the one of the stories that I'm reading here kind of overshadows it, but I read it a lot in a lot of other ones. The, it was started by um, Bond... Um, and, oh gosh, darn it. I just had it here in a minute ago. The guy's name and my, my brain just freaking died. Um, it was Bond and see, see, this is what happens when I'm having one of those days where my brain is just going nuts and I'm trying to get everything out all at once. This is why I like Big D to be here to, to help me with my insanity. Um, I can't remember the guy's name, but they were the, the beginning of the the board. I had all this stuff right in front of me. 
Um, but yeah, there was three people that originally started it. Um, one of them was Bowie. He was the first inventor, um, not the, the the Bowie knife. From what I understand, he was actually one of the descendants or an, a, a cousin or something of the guy that started Bowie knives. But that was one of the guys. Um, him, Bond, and then the guy who the first company was named after, which that's why it's driving me nuts that I can't remember this guy's name. Because, um, yeah, the original company was named after him. So... Like I said, it's one of those things. There we go. Associate Canard. There we go. So, uh, in 1890, uh, there was a group that got together. Elijah Bond, a local attorney. Colonel Washington Bowie, a surveyor. And uh, Canard, who started... Charles Canard, who started the Canard Novelty Company. They exclusively make and market the, the talking boards that they called Ouija. Um... So, they didn't have a name. Like I said, they had Helen Peters come in, who was a medium. She went through, named Ouija. Um, there was a thing where they talked about how she had a locket that said Ouija, Ouija on it. Um, but that's unsubstantiated. No one's ever proved that. They do think that it might have been that her husband had a very famous medium that her spirit guides name was Weena. O-U-I-N-A. And they think that might have influenced influenced what she did it. Which we'll get into talking about the influence and how people actually, you know, what really is happening with a Ouija board. Whether it is talking to the dead. Whether it's talking to, you know, um, demons. Uh, whether you're opening a gateway to hell or what's happening. What, what is believed to really be happening when you're using a Ouija board. Um, so, yeah. So, Kennard, like I said, was the guy who started the company. Um, and, and there was a lot of things that went back and forth with what happened. And a lot of things that we don't, that it's kind of lost to history. Um, one of the things is Ouija originally wasn't the original name. They had another working title for the name um, that has been lost to history because it was never written down. It's not in any of the paperwork. It's not in anything that any of the survivors have. Um, but they ended up just, you know, using what they have. Um, he was a, Kennard was a fertilizer salesman. He had a fertilizer business and then he started, you know, making the, the, the Ouija board. That was his next thing. Um, one of the things, a lot of people with spiritualism that kind of really started the idea of spiritualism and a lot of that was, um, if you've ever heard of them, and this is another one that I wouldn't mind going down someday, um, is the Fox sisters. So, Two generations before Kennard, um, a pair of girls in upstate New York named the Fox Sisters, claiming to be mediums, able to interpret mysterious knocks from the other side, had launched a spiritualist movement. And it's one of those things, there's a lot of these articles that talk about them launching a spiritualist movement. I don't think they did. In a lot of my research, yes, they were part of it. They were involved. They were in the beginning of the, the of the spiritualist movement, but they didn't start it. They didn't launch it. They were one of the driving forces in the beginning that kind of gave it some credence and got it moving, but I wouldn't necessarily say they launched it. So in the aftermath after the Civil War, there were so many husbands, fathers, and like I said, people lost the belief that the dead can speak to the living um, through spiritualism, gained steam with people desperate for connection to death. 
departed loved ones and greater meaning for their own lives. So in that context, in 1886, that canard and another man named Reich, which kind of steps, he's in the story for a quick second, but then suddenly disappears. Um, and he was uh, a worked at a funeral home. He is believed to have designed the, the original uh, talking board um, and then didn't get a whole lot of credit for it. Um, they started talking about the talking board phenomenon. They read something in 1886, sweeping Ohio, including a press story that ran in the local Kent County News. It's also about this time, according to a later Baltimore American story, that Kennard and Reich, most likely inspired by the AP account, began collaborating to make at least a dozen of their own talking boards. So they started making their own. Uh, and designing them. So Reich, the biggest coffin maker in the town, is making these on the side, explains Merch. Uh, the world's foremost talking board historian uh, is Robert Merch. Um, and it's these prototypes that became the Ouija board. But it's canard when he leaves Charleston for Baltimore in 1890, where he continues in the fertilizer game and starts a real estate business. He begins pitching what he says is his talking board invention to potential investors. So a bunch of people reject him. Elijah Bond finally steps in and a few others. Bond takes it to, um, and this is one of the things that surprises me because it's one of those things really, um, and I guess it's partly the time too. They were able to actually get a patent on the Ouija board, even though um, it can be proven that the talking board existed way before their idea of the Ouija board. Um, they made a couple improvements to it, but not enough, I think, to really get a patent. There should have been no way they should have been able to get a patent for this. But one of the ways they did it, and this is the story anyway, they went to the patent office. They were about to lose. Pretty much the, the patent, patent clerk was going to say no. And then basically the patent clerk said, well, if it works so well, what's my, spell out my name. And supposedly it was Bond and Peters, uh, you know, Helen Peters, who had made the name of the Ouija board and was supposed to be a strong medium, they supposedly did not know what the patent clerk's first name was. Helen Peters sat down, used the Ouija board, and was able to spell out the clerk's name. Um, this impressed him so much that he gave him the patent. That he put the, the process through and made it go through. Um, there's debates on whether or not, because Elijah Bond was a patent lawyer, that there is a good chance that he just happened to know what the guy's name was. So, or, you know, that's coming from someone that's, you know, I'm not saying I'm a skeptic, but I'm realist. I mean, there is that very possibility that he could have known what the person's name was. Um, and that's one of those things that, you know, a lot of people don't realize also is you know that worked that got him the patent but then like i mentioned earlier that in the during that time there was a different belief about death and demons and spiritualism than there is now um you know it was billed as a mythical oracle for communicating with the spirits and wholesome and amusement um it comes straight from the 19th century seances there were seances a lot during the 19th century. A lot of people don't realize that um, Abraham Lincoln's wife held seances in the White House to talk to their dead son. There's a lot of spiritualism and stuff like that that goes with Abraham Lincoln. It's another one that I'd really love to go down someday. Um, that his wife held seances in the White House um, to talk to their dead son who died uh, most likely of uh, typhoid in at the age of, I think, 11. Um so there's a lot of that. 
There's a lot of spiritualism back then, a lot more, and a lot more belief in it, I believe, than there is now. Um, so really, the story of the Ouija board is more than, you know, that of a, a snake oil salesman duping the Victorian masses, you know, which did happen a lot, or a game of harmless fun at a million junior high sleepovers, while it remains an amazingly enduring pop culture phenomenon, tied the rise of the horror movie, paranormal, industrial complex. Its saga is also about the universal desire to find answers to life's biggest questions, the history of psychology, and even the development of neuroscience. It's always been a board game, but it has always been more than a board game for some people. In the 19th century, people had a much different relationship to death than we do today. It was much closer to their everyday experience. Now we do everything we can in hopes of avoiding aging, let alone engage in any real thoughts of death. But in the 1800s, people only lived to be 50. 50. Big D would be toast. I'd be right not too far behind him. So 50 years old, that was the average age. That's the, the average age that people lived to. You didn't live past that. Mothers would have 12 children and six of them would die. Their parlor rooms were also their funeral home, funeral rooms. So there was a lot more death. Death was a lot more common. We People saw death and dealt with death, dif- death differently. We see death and we deal with it a lot harsher than they did back then. And not to say they had less emotion. It was just more of a commonplace. They didn't have all the advanced medicine we do now. Death was a different thing then. So being able to talk to the dead, you know, wasn't that big of a deal. I mean, it was something that wasn't scary like people see it now. So, so there's a dark side or two that are also buried within the Ouija's origin story. Uh, there's always is when money is at stake. And by early 1890s, some 2,000 Ouija boards were already being sold a week. William Fold, who worked for and invested in the Canard Novelty Company and eventually gained control of the business after the founder cashed out too early. Went on to make millions manufacturing the board in Baltimore and elsewhere, but only after his brother was cut out of the company. Their ensuing lawsuits were no, no mere spat. William's brother Isaac became so embittered that he had his baby daughter exhumed and relocated from the Fold family gravesite during a cemetery renovation. The two sides of Stanley would not speak for 96 years because of this spat. So there, there was a lot of that. And like I said, there's a lot in the very origins of the, the Ouija company. Like I said, it was the Canard Novelty Company. Then it became the Ouija Novelty Company. And then Fold took over. Um, and it eventually became the Fold you know, company. And then in, in 66, I believe it was, um, he sold it to Parker Brothers. Or actually, he did it. He died long before that. So... He had a uh, a fatal accident um, at a Hartford Avenue factory, um, which he claimed that the Ouija board told him to build. He asked if he he needed to build another one, and the Ouija board said yes. So um, while he was overseeing the installation of a flag, an iron railing gave way, and he fell off the roof of the structure, which still stands has been converted into a senior apartment complex. So, on his deathbed, the coroner's report said a broken rib pierced his heart. He made his children promise to never sell Luigi out of the family. So, of course they did, eventually. You know, they do. Uh, but not for four decades. So, for four, 40 years, they kept it. They sold it to the Parker Brothers. Um, 
which promptly moved Ouija to its base of operations in Salem, Massachusetts in 1967. The first year it was headquartered in the town, infamous for its witch trials. Ouija sold 2 million boards. Um, which was outselling Monopoly. Ouija outselled Monopoly. So, yeah. But, like I said, it's, it's public image has always been complicated. So, the Mysteric Oracle was marketed as a game to enliven a party or encourage a little lighthearted intimacy for romantic or would-be romantic couples. I don't know how the hell that would be romantic, though. Hey, honey, how about a romantic evening? Let's talk to a, to a ghost. I mean, I've heard of trying to get a threesome, but that's a weird one. Never having a threesome with Casper. That's just weird. Um, so couples who are often depicted in early advertisements of the board resting on their knees as they sit across from each other, both of their hands on the planchette. Norman Rockwell, who was fond of depic- depicting the revealing moments of everyday life, painted a well-dressed suitor and young woman chairs pulled face to face playing with a Ouija board for the cover of the Saturday Evening Post in 1920. So 1920 has the Ouija board on the post, the the, the cover of the Saturday Evening Post. Less well known is Ouija board's use as inspiration or as an automatic writing tool by acclaimed novelists and poets such as Sylvia Plath, who wrote dialogue over a Ouija board, and Pulitzer Prize winner James Merrill. Merrill used notes from Ouija consultations in his 560-page epic poem, The Changing Light at Sandover, which contained messages from W.B. Yeats, uh, friend Maya Duran, and the Archangel Michael. Wow. But over time, the relative innocence of the Ouija board, or at least its nonpartisan relationship between good and evil, gave way to a more sinister reputation as Hallwagon began utilizing it for dark purposes. After The Exorcist, in which actress Linda Blair's character Reagan explains to her mom, played by Alan Burstyn, how she used the family's Ouija board to ask questions of Captain Howdy, the demon who eventually takes possession of his soul. The board's occult status was cemented. So that's kind of the one thing that, you know, you really run into. Like I said, up until that point, the idea of the Ouija board being good or bad never really existed. It was considered something to be able to talk to demons. Or not demons, sorry. Talk to dead relatives. Um, Crowley. Aleister Crowley, who another one that I really feel like we should talk about someday. He He's a, a twisted guy. But he basically said, you know... You get what you look for. Uh, he, he said that of a Ouija board, a Ouija board's like a mirror. You're going to get out of it what you put into it. You put muck into it, you're going to get muck out. You put evil into it, and there's evil in your heart, that's what you're going to get out of it. So I think that's what it comes down to. What you expect to get out of the Ouija is what you're going to get, which comes down to, you know, one of the things that I will eventually I'll get to um, is that a lot of people think that you're not talking to, 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 to spirits at all, that it's your own brain. That you're talking to. Um, since the the Exorcist, it showed up in 20 films, made countless appearances in the ever-growing number of paranormal-themed TV shows. Forums around Ouija-associated phenomena populate the internet. Uh, most recently, in 2014 movie Ouija did so well at the box office that Ouija Two is already in the works. When it was released last fall, the movie so dramatically boosted board sales that petitions by evangelical Christian groups to ban the Ouija started popping up again. Catholic.com, a lay-run Catholic apologetics and evangelization website, describes Ouija as far from harmless. So, um, it's one of those things. You never know. So, but there's been a lot of research around, 
you know, the Ouija board. And the University of British Columbia um, that has done research shows that it actually does work. Just not in the way we might assume. And that's one of the things I think I really wanted to get into with this is that, you know, a lot of people immediately go to, you're talking to demons, you're talking to um, ghosts, you're doing all that, or it's one of the people moving it. Well, what if you are talking to a demon, but the demon you're talking to is the one in your head? Not a real demon, just your own subconscious. Think about that for a minute. Maybe all those times that you used a Ouija board, it's your own subconscious that you're talking to. How many of you listeners, and I would love to hear some of your stories, anybody who's got a story on how they've used a Ouija board and it went completely wrong, or how nothing happened, or it was completely stupid, or you could tell your best friend was just moving it, let me know. I've used a Ouija board. I actually have one sitting here in studio with us. We were going to use it on air, but then we figured that this is a this is an audio medium, and playing with a Ouija board wasn't going to go well with an audio medium. And it's a Stranger Things Ouija board, so I mean, it's kind of, I mean, whatever. You get into it what you put into it, I think. Um, but I've used them in the past, and I've had experiences with them, um, and crazy experiences. Um, I had one experience where I was using one. It was me and a friend who. The thing, the, the planchette was slinging across the board so fast it was sliding out from under our fingers. Um, and we were using it, and it was saying some pretty fucked up shit. Um, supposedly, you know, while we were playing it, we were talking to a ghost that in a previous life, um, the two people, me and the, my friend that were in the, the, the closet, supposedly she was his wife in a previous life, and I you know, was her lover, um, in a previous life and he was her husband and it, it was really weird, but it's one of those things where you're going through and it's spelling all this stuff out and you still think back, well, was one of us doing it? And I'm like, I don't know. It was moving so fast. I don't see how one of us could be doing it, but what are the chances that I would happen to be using the Ouija board in a closet with the person who in a previous life I'd had an affair with? Eh, probably not very good. Um, I mean, there was a few of us in there when we started, and the Ouija board had singled the two of us out and told everyone else to get fucked, um, which was weird. Um, but who knows? Maybe that was one of our subconsciouses that wanted that to be true. You never know. And that's what was moving the board. And that our subconscious was doing muscle movement that we weren't known to, which is one of the things that they've talked about. Um, another one, I did it with a friend who basically, the Ouija board told us that our... That my girlfriend and her boyfriend were cheating on us with their with each other. And we came to find out later it was right. But once again, was that a ghost? Or was that one of our subconsciouses just knowing it happened? And that's one of the things that I've read a lot about where they talk about this. Is a lot of things where a Ouija board will tell you something about your life. Where you left something. Where something happened. Or something that's going on in your life that you didn't notice. Is that really the ghost telling you? Or is it just one of those things that something that we subconsciously saw, but we didn't completely register? But our subconscious registered it. And then it's just telling us what it was there. We don't know. That's one of the theories that could easily be happening. That maybe, you know, when it told us that, you know, our, our boyfriend and, you know, her boyfriend and my girlfriend were cheating on us with each other. Maybe that was because one of us had subconsciously seen the clues and we were just spelling it out for each other. You know, or maybe we were just hoping it would be true because she was kind of hot, you know, but you never know. 
um, you never know, was it our subconscious talking or was it, you know, a ghost or was it a demon or who knows, you know, our favorite place to do it. And it sounds really weird. We'd go to the top of the parking garage at the airport and sit in one of the, the parking stalls and use it all the time. That was our way of getting away. Um, so yeah, so it's one of those things that's weird where you look at like these things and what is really happening. And like I said, I would love to hear your guys' stories about them. Um, I, I've had other stories where, you know, one of our friends, we used it. I used to use them a lot when I was younger um, and with different people. And I found some friends that I would never use it with. Um, one of my friends who, you know, totally disrespected the board, you know, and said, this is stupid. And like, basically like whatever, and just totally disrespected it. And suddenly went to walk out the door and there was no door in the hallway, but he basically walked into what seemed like a brick wall that wasn't there and just like fell backwards. Was that him goofing off? I don't know. Was it real? Could be. You know, he swears it was. It looked really real, but who knows? So it's one of those things that's it's really weird stories that have happened over time. So so um so yeah, so really this is one of the things that, you know, the the British Columbia, University of British Columbia a few years back, uh, Sidney Fells, professor of electrical and computer engineering at the University of British Columbia, brought out a Ouija board at a Halloween party attended by graduate students, including many who were foreign-born and unfamiliar with how it works. They assumed it required batteries. No, you don't need batteries. It will move, I told them, Fells recalls. I gave them some mystical explanation tied into Halloween, and they had a good laugh. But lo and behold, when Fells returned later, the grad students were enthralled because the planchette was moving on its own, or so it appeared. The mechanism at work was actually something known as a idiomotor effect, which refers to the influence of the unconscious mind on muscle movements. First identified in 1852, preceding Sigmund Freud's theory of the unconscious mind by decades, Dr. William Benjamin Carpenter discovered the idiomotor effect while investigating the unconscious mind's ability to direct motor activity. Shortly thereafter, other researchers began linking that discovery to, you guessed it, spiritual phenomenon. Days later, still fascinated by Students' experience, Fells shared the story with colleague Ben Resnick, a psychology and computer science professor, and that got the ball rolling about whether the board could serve as a tool to look at our unconscious knowledge. We didn't know if we'd find anything, but when we did, the results really surprised us, Fells said. When students partic- participants were asked to answer a guess at a set of challenging questions, they were correct about 50% of the time. But when responding while using the board, which participants believed had the ability to receive correct answers from another person, teleconferencing via a robot Ouija partner, they scored correctly upwards of 60% of the time. In actuality, the robot was a ruse. It was not responding to the video conferencing player, but suddenly amplifying the student participants' tiny unconscious movements. It was significant how much better they did on these questions, Resnick said. If they don't think so... If you don't think so, consider the difference playing roulette when the odds are 50-50 versus 65-35. The implication is that one's unconscious is much smarter than anyone knew, capable of pulling up bits of stored information not accessible to the conscious mind. Results in a follow-up study replicated the finding, which they reported the academic journal Consciousness and Cognition. Mensnick believes the results upon greater possibilities or believes the results open greater responsibilities for further study. For example, is unconscious memory affected by Alzheimer's and other neurodegenerative diseases in the same way as conscious memory? So this is one of those things they're actually looking at, the use of Ouija boards and Ouija board type things, you know, um, to help with people who, who are losing memory. 
to Alzheimer's patients because it appears that the subconscious remembers things better than the consciousness. So this is a way to use it. So all of a sudden, you're coming from, you know, this whole weird spiritualist thing that if you open up this Ouija board and I open up the Ouija board that's on my table um, that my wife says if I open it up, I'm going to open a portal to hell and I'm going to, you know, um, put a poltergeist in our house, which I think sounds fun, but she doesn't. Um, to these scientists saying that by opening that up, I may be able to help her... her grandfather who's going into to Alzheimer's if he was to use this it's the consciousness his subconscious might work better than the conscious so who knows um, I, I'm not saying that, that I'm going to go take this to a grandfather and it's going to help him f- remember things it's something that they're finding as a link so yeah it, it's crazy to, to really think about that the fact that the talking board is that um is that crazy thing that could be that, you know, that thing that helps those people. Um, like I said, William Fold died in 1927, fell from the top of the building um, that the Ouija board had told him to build. Um, just trying to find a couple other things. There's been a lot of things where Ouija boards, like I said, have been considered um, bad because of a lot of deaths and murders that have been attributed to them. Um, I looked up a few. They're all pretty much the same thing. It's someone basically blaming the Ouija board. There's multiple ones where you find wives that, you know, the Ouija board has told them that their husband was, you know, boinking somebody else. So they, you know, killed them. Um, one where a woman who supposedly the Ouija board told her that her husband was going to kill her, so she killed him first. Um, there's multiple ones of that where um, the Ouija board said someone was going to kill him, so they killed the person first. Um, there's a lot of that. There's a lot of things where the Ouija board supposedly said things. Um, it worked for a time to be able to get you know people in, you know, they would get the, the temporary, uh, the insanity plea, um, but with changing the, the rules of the insanity plea, it kind of helped, you know, make it so it wasn't that easy anymore. Um, there's one case where a woman who was cheating, she was cheating on her husband, so her and her daughter used the Ouija board to basically decide whether she should stay with her husband or, you know, go with her new cowboy. Um, and the the board told her, they said, Daddy must die, so... You know, of course, there's that one. Um, so there's a bunch of them where they, they told them that they should kill people. But once again, that comes back to the subconscious. Was it really a a spirit? Was it really, you know, a demon? Was it really any of that saying, oh, go kill the, you know, kill the guy? Or was it the woman's subconscious saying, I want to bone my cowboy. So daddy needs to go away. So that's why I don't want my wife to use it because I'm pretty sure it's going to tell her that too. So, yeah. Um, It's one of those things, like I said, talking boards. They've been around long before the Ouija board. Um, 1886 was when the Ouija board kind of, you know, type board started showing up. Um, Early versions featured uh, different ways of receiving messages. Some used dial plates in which you press your hand at a device and the pressure directed to a needle through different letters. Other fortune tellers relied on knocking sounds on the bottom of a table to convey messages. Some devices even used planchettes. Um, Often these early planchettes had a hole so a pencil could write the answer. So that's another one where where planchettes were really, they were really before, you know, 
the Ouija board. Um, so if you go through and you look at the, the, the planchettes and where they came from. So the mysterious planchette is a, a website, um, that I went to that has a lot of good information about the, the origins of Ouija and planchettes. So, um, their, their website starts off with decades before Ouija boards became a worldwide obsession. Victoria and spiritualists entertained themselves with spirit writing devices known as planchettes, spending hours with the little planks as the heart-shaped boards scrawled out messages presumed to come from the spirits of the dead. So they had a variety of forms. They came out in different ways. Um, basically what they were used for, um, planchettes, dial plates, all that kind of stuff. Um, they evolved during the later half of the 19th century at a time when age-old religious notions found challenges in sweeping scientific discuss- discoveries and industrial advancements that rocked the firm footholds of faith. A public primed by decades of charismatic mesmerists, physical psychic healers, animal magnetists, and phrenological, I can't even phrenologists, plunged headlong into new religious territory when the young Fox sisters, like I mentioned earlier, claimed commune with the spirits of the mysterious rapture in their Hydesville, New York home in 1848. With the veil between the living and the dead seemingly parted, the belief in an experimentation with spirit communications spread at a rate previously unseen at the time. So these were things that had been used for a long time, but it wasn't something that became huge until kind of the Fox sisters were at the forefront, but they weren't the ones who started it. Now, I mean, it had been around long before that. Um, who had like kind of put this, you know, opened the veil supposedly, and all of a sudden science and religion, you know, kind of changed with the idea of being able to talk to the, you know, even more common than before, be able to talk to the dead. Um, it's one of those things that the the Fox sisters came back years later and admitted that they had faked it. That basically the knocks that they were you were hearing was actually them, which amazingly was them cracking their 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 toes and their knees. Was how they were making the tapping noises. Uh, so yeah, it's and then they came back later and said, "Oh no, they, we were lying about that." So it didn't help. So so yeah, that that's kind of how that started. Um, there's a lot of crazy stuff if you go down the spiritualism and this planchettes. The idea of the planchette is kind of an interesting one. It's with the, the auto auto writing was kind of the idea of the planchette. The original planchettes was just, you know, they had three pieces, you know, three legs, and then you put a pencil or something writing utensil in them, put a piece of paper under them, and then the planchette would move under your fingers and would write or draw pictures or symbols. Um, and then you could interpret what they said. Um, but yeah, so that was the, that was the original, and then you know, Kennard and some other people. There's actually examples of you know talking boards similar to the Ouija board that came out before Kennard, um, which, like I said, was surprising how he was able to get the patent because there's ones documented, you know, in the paper um, articles that were you know before that that showed other versions. Um, that used the letters with a planchette over the top to go back and forth between the letters. So, you know, basically that's how it works. You put your fingers on it, the planchette moves around and spells out words, or you can do yes, no answers. And then when you're done, for anybody who doesn't use them, you always say goodbye because that closes the door. Um, but like I said, I think one of those things, a big thing is what you put in is what you get out. Um, 
I am one that I, I do believe in the Ouija board, but I believe it in, in the way like I, I keep kind of hinting at is I think it is less about spiritual. Is there a possibility there's spiritual ones? Yes. I think it's more common, though, and more likely that it's the idiomotor, like we mentioned, that it's more of your subconscious talking through the board, through the planchette, that what you want to hear, whether you know it's what you want to hear, what your subconscious wants to hear is what you hear, uh, what your subconscious knows is what it says. Um, that's why, you know, when they did the tests, without the, the help of the planchette, they only knew 50% of the answers. With the help of the planchette, which really was nothing more than, you know, saying that it did something, all of a sudden, they, they have 15% increase in correct answers. So, I mean, it, it's how much does our conscious know that we don't think it knows? How many things that are in our conscious, we don't realize are there? You know, is our conscious seeing, our subconscious seeing things and documenting those things for later information that could be used with those talking boards, with the Ouija boards, with those kind of things? Um... I think they're fascinating. Um, the idea of the planchettes, like I said, you should really, I mean, if this is something that fascinates you, definitely go to the mysteriousplanchette.com. There is so much information about um, planchettes um, and not just planchettes, but the Ouija board and the fact that, you know, I mean, the Ouija board's amazing. It's a cool little thing, but really it's not the only one. Um, it just became, like I said, kind of like Coke, Kleenex and Band-Aids. Um, that's really not what they are. That's just, the, that's a brand name. Ouija is a brand name. Or like I said, Ouija. Ouija is another one I've heard. Um, a lot of that comes down to depending on where you're at. Um, most things I've seen like England, a lot of European countries, it is Ouija. Um, yeah. Other places it's Ouija. And then here, of course, Ouija. So, um, which I've never completely understood because there's no e. The we Ouija sounds seems more makes more sense with the spelling. But, um, yeah, there's there's a whole there's a little bit more to it, but that's the main thing. Like I said, I was gonna go down more into some of the you know the crazy murders and the deaths and everything else, but. Most of those come down to it. Really, it seems that there's not a whole lot of a whole lot to them. Um, there is the one of the the you know part of you know what kind of made them you know horror movies was the the yeah, what was it? I think six teenagers that decided they were going to go on a trip. The Ouija board told them to go on a trip while they were talking to supposedly a ten year old boy on the Ouija board, a dead ten year old boy, and they said, "Well, we can't go on a trip. We don't have any money." And they said, "Well, rob and kill somebody." So they went hitchhiking, and the first guy that picked them up, they killed them. So, because apparently a 10-year-old boy in the Ouija board told them to. Uh, there's a bunch of those. There's a bunch of those that I found, but honestly, not to sound bad, I just feel like almost every single one of them is an excuse. Uh, some of them, do I think some of them probably had some mental illness? Yes, I do. Some of, I think some of them did. Um... But at the same time, I don't think it was the Ouija board that's bad. I think it really goes back to, once again, the subconscious and what Aleister Crowley, who is a total lunatic, 
but sometimes said some things that made sense is what you put into the Ouija board is a mirror. You put evil thoughts into it. Evil thoughts are going to come back out. It's kind of like life. What you put out into the universe is what you get back. So you put that negative into the Ouija board, you're going to get negative back. Um, the Ouija board's really what it comes back with is going to be a mirror of what your brain is, what you see. That's why you hear so many cases of women thinking that their husbands are, are stepping out on them because the Ouija board told them they were. Um, there's a case of a, a, a lady who her thought her 77-year-old husband was stepping out on her with the, with the neighbor. So she pistol whipped him, tied him to the bed, and tortured him for two weeks so that he would admit to it and admit that he had buried $15,000 in the yard. He finally signed a confession, and then she still kept him for another week until he broke out. They pistol whipped him, put him back. He broke out a second time, stole her gun, and shot her in the face three times. Now, could you imagine being a 77-year-old man? Your wife just tried to kill you because the Ouija board told her that, you know, you were cheating on her. I mean, at that point, I think I would go bang the neighbor just because, I, you know, at least then, I, I, you know, I, I deserved it. But it's just, it's crazy to think of some of those things. Some of the things that the Ouija boards, people blamed on the Ouija board. And I don't think it's one of those things. I think if it wasn't the Ouija board, they'd be blaming it on TV. They'd be blaming it on radio. They'd be blaming it on a friend. They'd be blaming it on something else, on, you know, paranoia, whatever. Um, Those damn cell phones. Damn cell phones, yeah. 5G, it's ruining my brain. Um, It's one of those things that... Do I think the Ouija's evil? No. I don't. I really don't. I think I really, really, and I know I can't stress this enough, I think the Ouija, it's, it's a mirror. Whatever you put into it is what you're going to get out of it. Um, I think, you know, Exorcist and a lot of the horror movies that it's been in, the movie Ouija, a lot of those um, really paint it in a light that people believe that it's evil. Up until Exorcist, it was common. This was something people had in their households. This was something the kids played with. This was something you used to talk to your uncle that died. This was something people used for closure. And then I think at some point it became turned into to, to an evil idea. The Catholic religion had nothing to do, not, no issues with it. They actually thought it was a good thing until suddenly it wasn't. I have no problem with the Ouija board. But like I said, I want to hear your guys' stories. I want to hear what you guys have witnessed. You know, both cases that I've told you about with my stories, both those, like I said, I feel like those could be a subconscious, my subconscious doing idiomotor. You know, because my subconscious saw the, saw the, the you know, the, the clues. But my conscious didn't want to admit to them. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe that's what the Ouija board really is. It's something that tells you what your conscious doesn't want to admit to you, that your subconscious is like, hey, idiot. This is what you should be looking at. Or... In some cases, it's our subconscious taking those delusions and those fears and our deepest, darkest fears and feeding them. And like I said, 
what you put in is what you're going to get out. And I think that happened in a lot of those cases where there's a lot of those cases where there's women that feared that their husbands were stepping out and the, the Ouija board fed off those feel, fears and their subconscious and, you know, whatever's in the board, whether it be their subconscious, be a demon, be whoever, be Zuzu, which is another one. And Zuzu is one of those ones that a lot of people see in the, 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 say that the Ouija board, if you start hearing this, uh, a two syllable, syllable Z, Z word come out of the, the, the Ouija board, that's an, an evil demon. But a lot of people associate that with, um, the exorcist because the demon in the exorcist was Pazuzu. So they think it's, that's what it is. And the idea of um, Zuzu didn't come out until um, after uh, after the exorcist. No one started talking about Zuzu as the evil demon that was inside the, the, the Ouija board until after the exorcist and Pazuzu. So, um, so that day, a lot of people believe that is, you know, one of those things, which always makes me feel bad because I used to call my daughter Zozo. But so... That might explain some things. She's a demon. But I already knew that. So, alrighty then. Well, I know this isn't a full hour, um, but I, I, I don't know where else to go with this. Um, thank you all for listening. Um, I hope you enjoy everything that you're hearing. I know I don't go all the way usually down the same things that Big D does, um, but I think that's one of the things that I love about our show is we're two different people, we're two different brains, and we come at these things from two different angles. And that's what I think which makes it fun, and I hope that's what you guys enjoy about this. You come at these things from two different angles? Shut up, perv. <laughs> that would be my child. That would be the other demon. Um, yeah. Jeez Louise. So if you guys have any comments, any questions, down the RH at protonmail.com. Send us an email. Like I said, let me know your stories on what has happened to you with a Ouija board. Um, or anything spiritual. I love that kind of those kind of stories. I love personal experiences and hearing them. Um, I got a bunch of them. So if you want to hear more from me about my weird spiritual stories, let me know. I'll maybe I'll I'll tell you some of the fun ones that I've had later on. Um, in other episodes. Um, let me know which one to hear. You can all send me messages on Instagram, Mr. Underscore B underscore 666. Thank you for listening. And I'll see you Sunday.